You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1350. So all you have to remember when you say IRR is it's just the time value of money. That's it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host today, Brent Bowers, the land man. And today I'm not talking about land. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I've got Chad Sutton on and he's going to be talking about investing and trading up. Chad owns and operates about 2,400 unit apartment buildings and he raises capital to be able to buy these units. He's going to be talking about burning down risk and eliminating risk. We're also going to be talking about Chris Voss's book, uh, Never Split the Difference. He's going to talk to you about the three ways to raise capital and the three ways you look at or the three things you look at if you want to invest capital. So I love the fact that we're sharing about raising capital because I'm personally doing that right now in my land business. I'm doing bigger land deals. And here's the thing. You will always run out of money. You will always run out of money. So there's always other people with money. So listen to the fact, listen to the very end about raising capital. I hope you enjoy today's episode and let's get right into it. Chad Sutton, welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. How are you doing today, man? Dude, it is good to see your shining face again. Good to see you soaring in the sky there for those watching on video. Happy to be here. Good to see you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got Rusty the Rhino behind me. He's charging. Be a Rhino, Rhino Nation. This is Wholesaling Inc. Uh, Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I was on your show, The Real Estate Runway. And I'm excited to get you on here because I, I think you you had dropped some like huge numbers, like quarter of a billion dollars is what you you manage and own in commercial. But uh, you know, in 60 seconds or less, give Rhino Nation a power punch of what what Chad Sutton's all about. You know, power punch of who I am, y'all. I was an engineer at heart. I was always numbers, director sets, Legos. I followed in what the world told me to do. Became an engineer, designed rockets for NASA aircraft engines for GE, did a lot of really cool stuff that goes bang for a long time, you know, and uh, look, looked down one day and figured out, gee whiz, I'm not going to make that much money working for the man. You know, I've, I've done a lot of really big things and make have patents. You can Google my name, but it's like, you know, just the rewards weren't there, you know, to jump over to a parallel track. I'm a third generation real estate investor. Didn't know it till I was 27 years old. I worked on them growing up. Didn't know granddad owned the houses. Just knew that uh, that I worked on them and thought he was a contractor. Turns out he owned them all, right? So, you know, eventually granddad passes away. Huge influence in my life. Got involved with the family business. Helped my partner grow it, who was my aunt, second generation real estate investor. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. We started to figure out how do we replicate this? You know, this is really cool. And, you know, when you put some money into real estate and sell it for more, it's great. So we wound up with, you know, triple the asset value, triple the cash flow, half the assets by just investing and trading up and then started figuring out how do we grow this thing? Figured out that the supply and demand was way out of whack in apartment housing for years to come. Still is, despite what's going on today. Started buying apartments. Then people decided, hey, how do we invest with you? Well, I don't know. How do we do that? We discovered something called the SEC, and I don't mean the SEC football conference, right? This is a much scarier SEC called the the Securities and Exchange Committee. Learned how to raise money. And fast forward to today, we have done 
over 2,400 units. We've sold eight properties full cycle, generated between 30 and 75% IRR. So had some really good wins in the past cycle and are, you know, kind of battening down the hatches and sailing through the storm in the economy like everybody is right now and waiting for a sunny day to uh, to buy some more property. So that's me in a nutshell, y'all. Holy cow, it's so much to unpack. That's rhino power there. All right, Chad, you lost me. What is IRR? All right, IRR, the nerdy definition is it's the internal rate of return, and it is the discount rate at which the net present value is equal to zero. If you're like me, that means nothing to you. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what it really means. In yeah, it just went over my head. Like, I was yeah. just like, my There's a big, here. long equation. You can do it in Excel. That's all you need to know. But what does it mean? This is basically, we all know what annualized return is. So if I double my money in five years, my annualized return is 20% per year. Five times 20 is 100, right? So that means I doubled my money. I made 100% return in five years, 20% per year. The IRR will be a little bit lower than that. And here's why. We know that money stagnant is losing value, okay? So money is always going up or down in value. And so the idea is the discount rate at which net present value equals zero, all that is doing is saying it's a time-based return. So it's saying if I give you the same 100% return over 10 years versus over five years, well, the value of money went down over 10 years more than it did over five. And so your internal rate of return or your IRR is going to be lower. So if you can look at these numbers together, that 20% annualized return that we just talked about, it might be a 17 in five years, but it might be a 13 in 10 years. That's because the same dollars per year are worth less and less and less and less and less as you go into the future. So all you have to remember when you say IRR is it's just the time value of money. That's it. All right. And is the dollar worth less because of inflation? Like what makes our dollar worth less? Yeah. So what makes the dollar worth less, folks? You have two things at play. One is, and I think we've seen this in real time since 2020, when you print more money, you manufacture more money, it becomes worth less. Because if you now have $5, whereas you only had $1 and you still want that same hamburger and there's not enough hamburgers, you might now be willing to pay $2 instead of $1 for that hamburger, right? It makes the value of money less. Exactly. And so that is the key. Inflation is part of that. I love it. Thanks for explaining that. I hesitate not confusing people sometimes. So So I want to go back almost to the very beginning of what you were talking about, invest and trade up. That's a very interesting concept to me because I just did what's called a 1031 tax exchange where I I sold a rental property. I, I sold it on lease with the option to buy and the tenant buyer performed. Now I made about 115 grand on that property and I moved it all to a industrial building. Is that what you mean by like invest and trade? Oh, by the way, I had to buy a little bit more expensive building for that 1031 to to work. Is that what you mean by like invest what you have and then just trade up? Yeah, that, that's part of it, right? So the 1031 exchange is a wonderful way to do this. You know, if you're a real estate professional, ask your CPA about that. But if you buy and sell real estate for a living, you might even not have to do a 1031 exchange. You can probably just use your ordinary income losses or depreciation, as you've heard, and that will offset your capital gains. So talk to your CPA. That is a golden rhino style designation if you can get it. Okay. So that is an amazing thing. But uh, yeah, you know, trading up, it, it kind of comes in two forms. One, putting money into an asset, selling it, making a lot of money, taking that money and buying a bigger asset, doing it again. You just keep getting bigger. 
The other is, okay, you know, maybe I'll take my least performing assets, sell those, generate cash and put that into my better assets. And that could also kind of be a form of trading up. So, you know, you look at it both ways. That's why I said triple the asset value, triple the cash flow, half the properties, because we wound up liquidating some of the, the lesser uh, quality properties after some lipstick, you know, yeah, and lipstick. then money back into the amazing properties that we still own today. I love that. So you look at what's not making the most money, could be making some money or taking a lot of your time. We call that return on time, ROT. ROT, um, right? Or ROT versus RO effort, right? ROE is how I call it. Right? Uh, yeah, return on effort. We talked about that the other day on the real estate runway. But, you know, I say when you sell those properties, and sometimes we've sold properties at a loss that were just huge sucks on time, never my land deals, but it was like the buildings. But we call I call that taking the old dog out back and shooting it and buying another, That's right. you know? Well, and I'll, I love the way you said that because look, People talk about relationships. Every relationship is for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. When you just think about that, you can also think about that with an asset. Every asset is for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And so you buy all assets with high hopes, but you have to know that there's multiple exit strategies. You may you know, hold this thing forever in cash flow. You may refi and cash out, pull some money out, buy something else, or you may sell, right? It's easiest to sell. It's harder to refi, and it's even harder to cash out refi. So only the ones that do really, really good are going to be your long-term holders. The ones that do moderately good, don't hesitate to sell them and roll that money into a better asset. Because what you're trying to do, you're taking all the opportunities and you recognize some are moderately good, some are bad, and some are great. And you just got to get rid of the bad eggs and sell them for more than they're worth and then put that money back into into your good eggs. You know, I I always say that uh, the more more successful you become, the more opportunities are going to come your way. Is it the same thing with the longer you've been doing real estate and the bigger deals you do, the even better opportunities come? Is that what you're seeing or am I completely wrong on that? No, you're not wrong at all. I mean, I think it. I think it's to each his own, right? So if, if you want to do bigger and bigger deals, you're going to start to get more and more comfortable with more zeros, the more you learn how to burn down risk. And I mean, in, in any business deal or negotiation, if you want to read Chris Voss's book, In any business deal, you have your known knowns, your known unknowns, and your unknown unknowns. And throughout your career, I mean, your known knowns are like, what what does the broker give you, right? You're going to know that. Or what can you find? You're going to know that. Your known unknowns are what you know you don't know about the property. For example, I do not know for sure, you know, um, I don't know, let's just say, trying to think of something I can't burn down with with due diligence. I don't know for sure what the year three tax bill is going to be, but I can mitigate that risk by proper underwriting, you know? And then you have your unknown unknowns, things you didn't know to look for that show up, right? And the, the further you get in your career, you're going to get better at turning those unknown unknowns into known unknowns or known knowns. And that way you, you get better at burning down risk, you get better at making decisions, and then you get more comfortable with larger risk, uh, more zeros behind that risk. And generally, a larger deal, not always, not, I'm not, never going to say always. But generally, a larger deal with more zeros behind it will afford you enough cash to hire better teams and have better margins. Small deals do not scale well. Ask me how I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. And, and, and Rhino Nation, the Chris Voss book that Chad had mentioned there is Never Split the Difference. Highly yes. recommend that book. I need to go through it again. Just one time is not enough. You will get uh, different things on every every time. Kind of like the Bible. Every time you read it, you get okay. That makes more sense now. And then I, I love cannot that, believe that. you just said that. Hold on, because that, I'm the only other person that I've heard say that. And so, like, but you're right because 
every time you read that book, you learn something different. You get a little bit better at negotiating and emotional intelligence dealing with people. That book has made me tens of millions and I couldn't recommend it more. <laughs> you know? Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Uh, great, great book. And he does master classes and all kinds of stuff. So I highly encourage looking into him if you if you plan on being in this real estate business more than a, more than a, a couple of days. And burning down risk, just eliminating risk. Like, what would you say to the person that's like, well, Chad, man, I'm afraid to take risk. Like, what if I make a mistake? Or uh, how do I get moving? Like, yeah, you've been doing this since you were a young kid and your grandpa taught you how to do real estate. You know, I do DoorDash for a living. How can you help me, Chad? You're, I'm not an engineer. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd say if you don't want to take risk, then, uh, you know, enjoy working your job the rest of your life is what I would say. But the, the other part of that is every day you go to work, you are taking a risk because if you think you're secure in that job, you are only ever two weeks away from termination ever, right? From financial ruin and having one income string is the biggest risk you can take on this green earth because you have you do not have control on when your job will start and end. You may be a valued employee and you may be a CEO. You may be, you know, a janitor. You may be DoorDash. You may be a medical doctor. There are things outside of your control that can affect that income stream. Let's just talk about a pandemic. Anybody on this show find themselves in unemployment during a pandemic? How many of you have control over that? You know, anybody, a CEO who all of a sudden the market changed in your sector and you weren't hitting numbers and you got ousted? I mean, like you just don't have that control. So in my opinion, the number one, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not saying that at all. But you got to put food on the table. What I am saying is the highest risk you can take in this world is to have one income stream. Okay. What I would say is keep working your job, figure out how to take enough risk to get two income streams and then three, keep your job. The job's one, right? But figure out how to buy a rental property, you know, get some dividend paying stock, like whatever it is you do, you got to start using your active income where you trade time for money to buy assets, to add to your income streams. That's how you get secure and you get to where you are unpermeable to the outside world. No, I love that. I love that. And, and I see a lot of people, they, they'll do one or two deals in real estate and then they'll quit their job and it freaks me out. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, you, you should get that. That, I mean, that, that person has high risk tolerance, you know? And, yeah, and you, they, you, you mentioned how, I mean, guys, granddad did not teach me how to invest in real estate. I was a laborer on his buildings. He taught me how to swing a hammer, but I did not learn anything about real estate till after he passed away. Okay. So like I am self-taught, you know, I am self-educated. We live in a great time where it shows like this. I have a whole bookshelf over here with like 400 books. If you want to learn anything, go read books and listen to podcasts, listen to 10 on a topic, look for the common denominators, form a strategy, right? There's so much knowledge out there where you can mitigate risk and you can go to a course, you know, like what Mr. Bowers here offers. I mean, you can literally burn down your risk in so many ways, the problem is inaction, right? If you acquire all this knowledge and do nothing with it, well, okay, that's good. Your, your brain's full. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it only takes one book. Like anybody that's overwhelmed, like 400 books, holy cow, that take me my whole life to read it. It only takes one book and taking action. And it could be just one action step right. on that one page. You know, I love how Jim Rohn talks about multiple of his books, you know, God bless him. He's passed away now, but uh, Jim Rohn, and I believe he pretty much taught Tony Robbins, but Jim Rohn says, put this book down and do the push-ups now, like take the action right now. So when you're listening to the podcast, just like this, or the real estate runway or wholesaling Inc., remember to take the action, whether it just be, it could just be one thing and simple action repeated over time will bring, you know, will bear fruit. 
you know, you got to plant, you got to go out there and just work this, work the soil, plant the seed, and then keep the, the weeds out. What's the weeds? The weeds is Netflix, the negative crap. Like I just got, I just got a one hour haircut. It took the guy one hour and just on TV was just garbage. And I was hooked to it. I was like, oh man, I want to watch this, but it was just pure waste of life. And I was just like, I just kind of wasted one hour. But, uh, you know, just that's the weeds, the weeds that enter. So, Chad, you said a lot of really interesting stuff. So raising money, you know, how does someone break into that? Like, I want to do bigger deals. I want to do bigger land deals. And the bigger land deals are several million dollars. You know, like, how do I start raising money for that? Or, or apartment complexes like, like you specialize in 2,400 units. That's quite a bit of tenants. You know, and what's really cool about that, that's economy of scale. So if you have a few people move out and a few evictions or, and some of them burn down, I guarantee you the rest of them are paying you still and you're fine. But when I had one rental property, that was almost like one stream of income. Most dangerous thing in the world, having one rental property. That's exactly it. And that, that right there is why I would rather go spend $15 million on a 150 unit apartment complex than a single tenant Walmart, because I have one tenant, one income stream with that single tenant Walmart. And I have 150 income streams, little, little bitty ones with those 150 residents. Right. And so that, that is the beauty of it. How do I start raising capital? And I know you have Quattro Capital, you own Quattro Capital. How do I put capital into that? If I don't want to raise capital, I just want to be a passive, quiet investor. Raising capital. Okay. It's very simple. It comes down to three things. You ready? To raise capital, you have to generate no like, and trust, those three things. And then people will open their wallet to you. And what does that mean? Well, before they can open their wallet to you or even like you and trust you, they got to know who the heck you are, right? So you got to be out there. You got to be on podcasts. You got to be at RIA meetings. Like people who are interested in this stuff, figure out where they congregate, preferably get to where they congregate, where, where it's a target rich environment and you don't have as much competition. So for example, a real estate conference, dude, there's so much competition for the same money. But if you like, for example, we spoke at a, I'm not going to say the name of it, but a club in Texas where it's a bunch of high net worth individuals who meet Friday morning for breakfast and they bring in people who are trusted. We were trusted by a member of that club to come in and say, hey, here's what we do. Here's how we can help you. Right. And so that was like the guard was down. All these people had money and all of them wanted to invest fishing with dynamite. Right. So that is what you want to do. So step one is no. Step two is like. Once they know you, they have to get to like you. You can't be a prick to them. You can't treat them like a transaction. You got to treat them like people. And then they will start to like you. That's constant communication. That's let's meet them for lunch. Especially when you get starting, you don't need to talk to a hundred people. You need to talk to 10, right? If you're doing a land deal and you need, you know, $500,000, that's five people, five people at a hundred grand or 10 people at 50 grand, you know, pick your poison, but you know, start building relationships and then trust. So trust comes with time. As people know and like you, they start to trust you. They start to regard you as an expert. Maybe you have educational content. Maybe you talk to them about the deals you're doing that they're not a part of and they get to watch you grow, you know? And then the other part of trust is having a track record, okay? If you don't have that track record, that's okay. Partner with someone who does for a few deals and get a track record. The real estate is kind of a it's kind of a situation where it's like, it's almost like chicken before the egg because every lender wants to see a bunch of assets and a bunch of experience, right? And a bunch of cash. Well, if you're doing your first deal, you don't have that, right? So you got to come partner with me, right? Who has that? And I'm willing to give you a piece of the pie for bringing me an awesome deal, right? 
Or, you know, if you have money, then you know, I got an awesome deal. You want to raise some money for it, right? There's legal ways to do that. So my SEC guys, I know, but there are legal ways to do that where you can partner with someone who already has the trust factor and can amplify your trust factor. So raising money is as simple as no, like, trust. That's all there is to it. I like how you break it down. So simple, Chad, you know, get to know you, you know, how, how is that? Like you go out there and put yourself out there and it might be a little nerve wracking at first. I'm not going to meet you on the, you know, right. You got to get out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, whether that be through podcasts, real estate investor associations, meetup.com. Yeah. Uh, go and speak. Like if you, if you have a certain skill set, it could be anything, wholesaling, flipping houses, whatever it is, construction, go and speak at these meetups and these real estate investor associations and provide value, be that generous expert. That's how I've raised most of the money that I've raised is just giving everything I, I've got away by, by sharing what I do, liking you and then the trust, you know, the trust, the track record, and, yeah. and you will build that before you know it. You'll do the first deal and then before you know it, you'll be on the 10th or the 15th or the yeah. 20th. And, yeah. and don't forget to document it along the way. Keep documentation, whether it be pictures, you know, it, it could be simple, like, you know, just recordings and, and they're not going to be perfect at first. You'll wish you had those when right. you've been doing this for many, many years. That's right. That's right. And look, you know, if all this sounds so overwhelming to you and you're like, wow, I just, I just want to invest in real estate, but I don't want to do all this. That's fine. There's, you know, that, that's what we do. Others like me do this as well, but it's basically like, think about how you could get access to owning a piece of an apartment community and have a professional team manage it and someone who's been doing this for years. And you don't have to worry about all those risks. You just have to figure out how to pick good people. That's what we do. So if, you, if you're the type of person where you're like, hey, I just, I just want to invest in something as a passive partner. Real estate is not passive. Anyone who tells you it is is a friggin' liar and you just slap them across the face. But if you want to invest passively in a piece of real estate like what we do or like with us, what you need to do is figure out how to vet the operator. So again, three simple things, okay? To vet the operator, you need to, or to vet the deal, okay? People start with the deal a lot. Like, oh, well, this one has a better rate of return than this one, so I'm going to invest in that one. No, 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 no. I can make a spreadsheet say anything I want. Okay. What you need to do is first focus on the operator, the sponsor. Who's the team that's going to be controlling your money? If you know, like, and trust them. So same thing with investors. You need to trust who's going to be running your investment. And if that is, so this is flipping the coin over. No, like, and trust goes both ways. If you trust and know and like that person and you realize they're going to have your best interest at heart, then you're going to be in good shape. Then you go to the market. Okay. I, I mean, uh, the, wow. I'm having balloons going up on my screen here. This new Apple environment is really cool. I don't understand it. So anyway, if we go back to step number two, we'll see if that blooper makes it out. You go to the sponsor, to the market. It doesn't matter if you buy the best looking boat in the world. If you buy it in the middle of what's the name of the lake in Nevada where all the water's draining out. If you buy it there, you're not going to have very far to drive it and you might wind up bottoming out and then having no use for your boat. You want to buy your boat in an area where the water's rising, where you have a lot of area to speed it around. You know, same thing with real estate. You don't want a deal, no matter how good the deal is in a market where the market's falling apart and going down the drain. Vet the market second. And then third is the deal. Only after you are comfortable with the sponsor and the market, do you then start looking at the deal and realize, is this an opportunity I want to be into? So it's, it's very simple. If you're raising money, no like trust. If you are investing money, it's sponsor market deal. All right. Chad, where can people invest into and be passive with their funds 
how can they find information about Quattro Capital and uh, find out more about the real estate runway? Yeah, so I'm highly Googleable. If you just want to Google Chad Sutton, you'll find me out there. I'm active on all the platforms and such. Quattro Capital is the group. Okay. So you can visit us at the quattroway.com. I'm sure, you know, Mr. Bowers here will put that in his show notes for you for your clicking pleasure. That's the quattroway.com. And there you can check out our show. There's a podcast tab that has real estate runway information on there. If you'd like to like or subscribe to that show, you can check out our, you know, you can register to check out our investment offerings and just poke around. I mentioned no like trust. We put everything out there. Here's what we've done. Here's what we have. Here's what we're doing. You know, it's, it's very simple to see what Quattro is all about. So, you know, with us, it is all about doing good while doing well. If doing good makes you cringe, don't come find us because we don't want to work with you. But if you're the kind of person who loves doing good while doing well, we're big into philanthropy. We treat people like people. We treat our residents like families, you know, and our investors the same way. If you're into that kind of group, that's who we are. And we love to talk with you. Here you have it, Rhino Nation. Chad Sutton with Quattro Capital. That's the quattroway.com. Go out there, take action, get Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. And again, take action. Like, seriously, if you're interested in taking action right away, I want you to go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, schedule a call with us. You know, one of the easiest, fastest ways to get in real estate is, is by buying a piece of land and selling it for a little bit more. Thank you, Chad, for being on here and being such a, a generous go-giver and a generous expert. I love hearing all about raising capital and just we didn't get the we didn't get the opportunity to break it down IRR. That's another episode. Guys, Google that. Uh, I wanted to ask that question, but we're, we ran out of time here today. So until next time, Rhino Nation, God bless. See you in the next one. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.